We cut the Sichas Chelik Yudzayin, Pirkei Avos, Perikhei, Sicha Beis on Perikhei, and this is also a Siyim on Masechta Avos, because the Masechta Avos originally is five Prakim, and the sixth one is Brises associated with the same theme. So this is the Siyim. The Mishnah says, Ben Heihei Oimer, Ben Heihei said, according to the effort is the reward. So the Bartanura explains that this is according to the effort that a, pers- a person puts in to study Torah and do mitzvahs, that will be the, the, according to that will be the reward. So we have to understand the idea that you have to reward somebody for the effort, for the uh, work that they put in is something which is obvious and that's not something it's not something beyond the letter of the law. So why would this be something that is mentioned in Pirkei Avos? So what uh, one could say is that what the novel idea here is that the the payment is not according to the accomplishment but rather according to the effort that is put in. For instance, if somebody accomplished less but the effort was a lot, so Hashem rewards for the effort rather than for the accomplishment. But the question still needs to be asked because it's well known that all effort in Torah Mitzvah is what it's about. It says, in the Pasuk says, I will give you your reign and the Chazal say that it means if you will delve into the study of Torah you will um, you will toil in the study of Torah so we see that it's about effort and many other places also that uh, someone who serves Hashem is called someone that does it 101 times because that takes a greater effort than 100 times so it's all about the effort and even when the Gemara says that sometimes by in the relationship between an employer and an employee, he, el- he only has to pay for the accomplishment, for the value that uh, added because of the work of the employee, that's only if the, if the employer did not hire him for that. He did it on his own. So then we say that if he accomplished something for the employer, so then he has to pay him for it. But if the effort was more than, or the expense was more than the the accomplishment that he doesn't have to pay, but where he hires him, of course he has to pay for all the effort and all the expense. So therefore, when a Yid does mitzvahs and serves Hashem, since Hashem wants him to serve him, and he, he asked him to serve him, then of course it should go according to the, uh, even according to Allah, it would go according to the effort. So what is being told in this Mishnah, even according to this answer? Especially in light of the fact that when we talk about an employer and an employee, so the employee puts an effort and the employer gets results. Those are two unrelated things, as we can see that sometimes they don't match each other. But in the case of serving Hashem, it's the effort that is the purpose of the Avaida in the first place. As the Ramam says that a Yid shouldn't say, I have no interest in Chazer. He should say that I, I wouldn't be interested. I would be interested in tasting it, but Hashem said not to. In other words, the Rambam makes the focus on the effort that the, you're rewarded more for wanting to do it and then not doing it than if somebody who has no interest at all. So over here, the effort and Hashem's purpose are all one and related. So of course, the res, the uh, payment should be according to the effort. So the answer is that over here, when we're talking about according to the effort, the effort that he's talking about in this Mishnah is not the effort for regular Torah mitzvahs. We're talking about an effort that a person takes on which they are not obligated to do. It's something which goes beyond the letter of the law. For instance, a hidr mitzvah, something that there is no obligation to do it in this way, or 
it's something that you take upon yourself that you're not obligated to do and yet you're going to do it. And that's what it's talking about, that even in that case, do we say that, uh, that you get rewarded for the effort that you put in? Why would you think that not? Because you would say that's something that you took upon yourself without being asked to do it, so then maybe the reward should only be according to what you accomplished. But here, why would we reward the effort? Nobody asked you for that effort. So therefore the, uh, the Mishnah says, no, even in this case you're rewarded for the effort. Which explains why in this Mishnah it said, Ben Hei Hei Oimer. Ben Hei Hei, we are told, means, that was not really his name, that's a pseudonym. What, why is it a pseudonym? Because Hei and Hei refers to the two patriarchs, Avram and Sarah, to whom both a Hei was added to their name. Avram became Avraham and Sarai became Sarah. So he was a son of Avram and Sarah because he was a Ger and therefore his Yichus goes directly to Avram and Sarah telling us that this is a ger. And by a ger, the very concept of, t- he has no obligation to convert. So his whole conversion is in that way. It takes on things which he had no obligation to do. So then I would think that it's only according to the accomplishment that we say, no, it goes according to the effort in that case as well. But the question still remains, when do we say that you don't pay a worker only according to his accomplishments because you didn't ask him to do it. That's only if the uh, employer doesn't express any interest in that work. But if he says, I'm happy that you did it, I'm satisfied, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy that you did it, so then he has to pay him for the effort too, for the expense too. And since Hashem is happy with our work, as we know that he's happy with every effort that gets put in, so of course he's still obligated to pay for the effort. So then again... Why does this have to be told to us? It should be obvious. The answer to that is because sometimes what happens is as a result of taking on something that you weren't asked to do, we end up, um, because of our own neglect, we end up you know, putting ourselves behind, ending up behind, meaning to say, when let's say somebody takes on a hidden mitzvah which he is not obligated to do and he does it three times in a row but he didn't say bli neder and then decides to stop doing it. So he took on something which he didn't have to do and now if he stops doing it he's, he makes it worse. You shouldn't have started to begin with because now it's a neder, it becomes an obligation and now what you're not doing it, when you're not doing it you're worse off than if you hadn't started to begin with. So therefore I would say in that case or like let's say by a ger if he, he didn't have to convert, it's true, but once he converted, if he does things which are inappropriate as a, as a Jew, he doesn't know enough to fulfill the mitzvahs properly, and therefore he's, he's not fully doing them, that would put him, that would be considered to be neglect on his part, and therefore maybe you end up worse than, you, than if you wouldn't have done it to begin with. So therefore you would think that in such a case he shouldn't be rewarded for the effort because he's uh, set himself up for failure. So therefore he says, no, even in that case he also is rewarded for the effort. The question could be asked, why did they have to point out the fact that this is a ger that said it, when he was a ger, to, in order to illuminate this idea, since it, it belongs to every Jew. Any hither mitzvah, as we explained any Hanhagatayva, which you're not obligated, also refer, it also belongs to every Jew, a born Jew, this idea that Lefum Tzayra Agri, even when he does something that he didn't have to do. So why point out that it's Dafka again? And the answer is 
because every ayid is created only for the purpose of serving Hashem. So therefore, in a certain sense, there is no such thing as taking on something that you're not, not obligated to do, since you have to use every possibility, every talent that you have, every moment that you have to serve Hashem. So where is there a place that you're not obligated to do it? In essence, you're really obligated to do everything and anything that you're able to do. So where is there a Lufnim Sadin? Only by a ger is there a truly, he has absolutely no obligation before he converts, and after he converts, he now takes on, so this belongs to a ger more than to a born Jew. But still it relates to every Jew, because when you take on something that you're not obligated to do, especially if you take on something which you're completely unaccustomed to do, then it's a uh, it's something which brings you to a higher level, and that's what the mission is talking about. Still, the question could be asked: When does somebody have to pay his employee for doing work, or for the effort that he put in? That's only when he's an independent person that is hired by you to do a certain job. But what happens if he's your slave, that he has to work for you all the time? You don't have to pay him at all. Or if a father asks a son to help him do something, he has a mitzvah to help his father, so he doesn't have to pay him for that. So therefore, since every yid is a slave or a son to Hashem, there's two ways to look at it, as we say in the davening of Rosh Hashanah, im kibonim, im kavonim. but in either case, there is no obligation for Hashem to pay. So the explanation is, the Torah was given by Hashem, and given to the Yidin. So there is the giver and the receiver. And there are two perspectives to Torah. There is the way it is seen from the perspective of Hashem, the giver, and then the perspective of the Yidin, the receiver. In fact, we find, for instance, the halacha, that that the words of Torah cannot become contaminated. If a Yid that is Tomei studies Torah, it doesn't contaminate the Torah that he's studying. Why? Because it's the word of Hashem like fire, it can never become uh, compromised, contaminated. On the other hand, we say that a Rav that should be respected by his students, if he decides that he doesn't want them to, res- he, he doesn't need the respect, he doesn't need them to show special deference to him, he's allowed to do that. Why? Because in a certain sense it belongs to him, the title belongs to him, so we see there is the perspective of Hashem, and yet there is, the title also belongs to the Jews for their perspective. And therefore, in this case, the same could be said also. The, the fact that every Yid is obligated to serve Hashem like a slave and like a son, that is the perspective of Hashem. Yet there is the perspective from the, uh, the part of the Yid that he serves Hashem and he puts an effort and therefore needs to be rewarded for that effort. One could say that the, the vision, there's two different categories of mitzvahs. There are mitzvahs which one may not violate on any condition. There's the three cardinal avayers that you have to allow yourself to be killed rather than to violate them. But for the rest of mitzvahs we say, v'chaybahem, you have to live with them, you have to do them only when they bring life, only when they allow life. So therefore, pikuach nefesh supersedes all other mitzvahs. Why is there a division? The mitzvahs which are done from the, which as we see it from below, we need to live, in order to be able to do mitzvahs, we have to be able to live, and therefore, for the most of the mitzvahs, we say, we do them from our perspective, they have to allow life, in order that mitzvah should continue. But from the Hashem's perspective, He says, unconditional compliance. 
And therefore, those three mitzvahs are taken in the way he sees them, and we are obligated to fulfill them in the way he sees them. That's his condition. And therefore, unconditional compliance, even if it leads to death, you still have to comply. But it divides, it depends how you see it from our perspective or his perspective. And therefore, since reward for mitzvahs is only from our perspective, really, therefore it goes according to the effort that we put in. The effort is only something that we uh, sort of put in. From the Eivishter's perspective, the effort is not necessarily the, the uh, metric by which you would measure it. But because all reward is because it comes from our perspective, therefore it's based on our effort and that's what we reward it for. And that's why to connect the beginning of Pirkeiavos to the end of Pirkeiavos, when it's the beginning of Pirkeiavos, it says, Moshe kibbal Torah Sinai. Moshe received the Torah from Sinai. Why doesn't it say, Hashem gave the Torah to Moshe at Sinai? The answer is because since Pirkeiavos, the whole idea of that there is a Adin, that there is something which is beyond the letter of the law is only from our perspective. From Hashem's perspective, there is no beyond the letter. Whatever I tell you, everything that you do should be done for me. But because the, from our perspective, there is from the Makabal, from the receiver's perspective, there is a difference between what is the law and what is Milsa the Chasidusa. Therefore, Pirkei begins with Moshe Kibel. We're talking about the perspective of the receiver. Based on this explanation, we can now understand the connection between Ben Heihei's statement and the one preceding it immediately, which is Ben Bagbag Oimer, Hafachba, Vafachba, the Kulaba. They're both in, according to certain, certain uh, versions, they're both in the same Mishnah, so what's the connection between the two? Ben Bagbag was also either a Ger himself or a descendant of Gerim, as can be seen from his name, Bagbag, which is Beis and Gimel, it comes to the total of Hey of five. So in other words, it's similar to Ben Hey Hey, but a step removed because it's a an acronym for his name. It's not an acronym, sorry. It's a, a numerical value, a gematria of his name. And that explains what he's saying in Afachba Vafachba. He's talking about when a Goy learns Torah, he is permitted to learn Torah, and it's even something uh, elevated when he learns Torah. As the Gemara says, if a Goy learns Torah, he's like a Kayan Godel. But that's only Torah which he needs in order to understand how to fulfill the mitzvahs that he is obligated to do. But he's not allowed to learn Torah just for the sake of learning Torah. Torah Lushma without any purpose, only as an end unto itself. Only when a, a Goy becomes a Yid does he suddenly understand the difference between learning Torah for a purpose or learning Torah just for the sake of learning Torah. And that's what Ben Bagbag says, Ha-fochba delve into it, delve into it, not talking about learning halacha and so on. He's talking about those parts of Torah which are beyond the halacha, that you have to dig deeper and you have to see aspects of Torah which could be contradictory to each other. And yet they are the kulaba, which means they're all, everything is there, they are all, they are all even the contradictory ideas which could be presented in Torah, all of them are the holiness of Torah. That's something which a ger realizes more than a born Jew, because to him it's always that way. And a ger can see the distinction between how he learned Torah before and how he can learn Torah now. And that's why Ben Bagbag's statement comes first, because that's talking about studying Torah. And then comes Ben Heihei's 
statement which talks about the fulfillment of mitzvahs, lefum tzayra agra, according to the effort that, is take, that it takes to fulfill the mitzvahs. So first is limud, and then is maisa, that's the proper order. As a final idea, the Rebbe brings out that Ben Bagbag talks about the concealed part of Torah, because the, not the halacha, the parts of Torah which discuss, which are the discussions that lead to the halacha, over there to be able to see that all of the contradictory ideas are also Torah, that is something that is, you need to dig deep in order to get to that recognition. Whereas the effort that is put in and therefore the reward, that's something which is obvious and on the surface, no digging for that. And therefore their names are also presented in such a way. They're both Gairim. They both point to Gairim. In fact, according to some uh, opinions, they were the very same person. And that the Bagbag is really an allusion to the same the Ben Heihei. But let's uh, not even, uh, if you don't talk about that, just that they're two different people, but they are both, their names point to the fact that they're Gerim. That's why Ben, Bag- ben Heihei, which talks about a revealed part of what's going on, he's talking about a surface idea, therefore the pointing to the fact that he's a Ger is very obvious. Heihei is talking about Avram and Sarah. But Ben Bagbag, which is talking about delving into finding the hidden meanings in Torah, that's why his allusion, the allusion to him being a Ger is also somewhat concealed, that it's only a numerical value of his name, which leads to Ben Heihei, just showing the connection. Even these details are also very specific and accurate.